Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene, paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers, the ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network. That's uh, 52 stations and on the brand new listener app. It is an absolute treat to welcome this man to Homegrown. Incredible singer, songwriter, been a fan for such a long time. Growing up in a musical family, it almost seems like music comes so naturally to him. Effortless. It's an incredible skill. And of course, with his sister Julia, have given us just an incredible body of work over the years. You know it, you love it. Big Jet Plane. Snow, Chateau as well. But what you're loving and what I've loved for such a long time is dope. A project that has exploded around the world. Tracks like Home Soon, Uptown Folk and of course number one. Rose Pink Cadillac, and we're excited for this. Hell yeah, Miami. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome the one and only Angus Stone at Triple M's Homegrown. How are you, man? Mario, thanks to you for having me. Oh, man. That's a cool intro. Such a pleasure, man. And uh, I've just got to touch on this because you've got a lot of followers online and we've seen the injury. How is your eye? Um, uh, yes, I had a sailing accident. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's okay. It's healing up. Got a few stitches in there. It's nice and, um, you know, blood cells. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how's it all feeling, man? Like, we got a brand new album coming out. Like, you've been through, you know, a lot of album releases before. How does it feel now? We're kind of in a weird kind of post post-COVID world, new music, I guess there's a kind of like a real hunger for it now more than ever, do you think? Yeah, I think it gave people, definitely gave people a moment to figure out what they want to do. And, you know, that separation between the sort of confusion to to the labor of love all came into clarity. And yeah. I think um, it was good for me. I, I, I made good of the time. I wrote a few records and, and sort of, it was good, you know. I mean, obviously it was bad, but, yeah. you know, all the above, all that what we've all, be, all been talking about, but, you know, mm. it's been um, it's been all right. Yeah, awesome, man. Tell us about this record, man. Like, when did the writing start for it? Are you, like, kind of putting down voice memos when you're on the road? Is that how the writing kind of process works for you? Yeah, you know, I sort of... I sort of write as I go. Um, if something something I see or, you know, someone, you know, I, someone's going through something and I can relate, it's it's yeah. something that you sort of jot down and in the back of your head and also you write actually. But, um, yeah, we're with the band all the time, so yeah. a lot of stuff happens in sound checks. You know, you'll, yeah. be, you'll be kicking out a jam and um, something will click and... Um, I like that. Yeah, that's the joys of touring, you know. Yeah. You, you sort of you become family with one another and um, it's... Uh, yeah, it's good fun. I was going to say, like, the writing, like, the recording with Dope Lemon, how does that work? Is that kind of like the band in the room and everyone doing it at the same time? Or do you kind of get in there first and you've got a bit of an idea of how it's going to go? Yeah, so, you know, it's like, I mean, every morning you wake up, every conversation you have, every every day is different. So, and it's, it's the same with, with recording and writing songs. It's some days you'll feel like, oh, you know, I want people around me. And then other days you'll 
you'll want to just do it on your own. And mm. I think it's um, it's just being being sort of conscious of the balance. And um, yeah, totally. And it all sort of flows from there. I remember reading an interview with you from ages ago, and there's a quote that. I really liked and it's always kind of stuck with me. It's like quite simple, but like when I read it, I'm like, this just makes so much sense. It's like music makes the world slow down. And I think that's really cool on so many levels. Like obviously it's, I'm guessing it's like, it's quite therapeutic for you as well, like an escape. And it's just so good to have like this thing that you can go to, right? hundred percent. That's so, that's so cool. It's, you know, I think, um, and only like something only becomes real when you share it, you know, like yeah. you can have, you can stash away all this good stuff, like all these good memories or good thoughts. But if you don't actually, if you don't talk about it or share it, which is for me music, which is the therapeutic value of it is mm. I'm telling things to myself that I I wouldn't be able to say to myself, you know, yeah. and I'll listen back. I'll be like, holy shit, I'm, I'm saying something here. And yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool like that. And, and it also has effect on other people that, you know, um, it's cool. People will come up in the street or yeah. um, after shows and say, oh, you know, I had this, sometimes it can be really, really, a really traumatic experience where they've had a car accident and the music, music's been playing whilst it happened, which is a pretty heavy one. Yeah. Um, and or they'll someone will be walking down the aisle and starting a new sort of chapter with Whoa, with yeah. their lover, you know. Like it's music's cool like that. You can kind of um you can be amongst the world and not even know it. Um yeah. and it's yeah, it's forever, forever cool. Man, that must be so yeah, crazy to hear stories like that, hey. Yeah. Like, especially like, because I'm guessing you've met people that have like met at your gigs and like, you know, had kids and like, I'm sure there's a few Anguses coming around. And, do, you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like name them after you. Like it's a pretty special thing, isn't it? When you kind of break it down. It is. Yeah. We were in, um, what was it? Barcelona recently. And um, this guy, he was kind of like, I, I, I want to propose to my my lady, oh, cool. can I can I jump up on stage? Oh. Like, yeah, of course. Like, of course, that is cool. You're like, and they jumped up, and it was really beautiful. And you know, just things like that. It's you sort of. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm doing things and seeing cool stuff, and it's and it's all because of of this music. Man, what's it like having um you know being part obviously Angus and Julia Stone having this incredible success and starting Dope Lemon kind of from scratch and watching it grow like you're playing time recording tonight you're playing the forum in melbourne like an iconic venue you played at the palais what's it like dope lemon kind of coming up and you're starting to play the big venues that you were with your sister like it must be a pretty cool feeling that's a cool question i like it's it's been you know i I think julia and i worked so hard and um you sort of progress through those venues and eventually you, you you make it to the the sort of the landmark ones, yeah, like yeah. the Opera House and Forum and Palais, and um, and then there's the next ones. But it's it's really um, it's cool. I mean, it's hard work. Like it's not mm. you don't just arrive at those spots. It's yeah, something exactly. that I think having a second project and coming this far, I feel really proud. But it, yeah, it is a lot of work. Yeah, it's cool. It is cool, man. I remember like uh, being at that Palais gig and I was looking around and like everyone's singing the words to every song. Like they're quite passionate fans, right? Have you found that along the way? It's just like, it's pretty special. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I I still trip out to this day. Sometimes it's 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 quite a lot for you. I'll I'll get emotional. I'll be like, okay, just pull it in. Whisper, it's all good. But yeah, it's those moments are 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 really cool and feel very lucky to be able to play in front of people like that. Yeah, big time, man. And what I think is really cool about Dope Lemon as well, it just seems like a like you've got. 
the music side of it, but it does really seem like a really fun creative outlet, like especially like the video clips, the artwork, uh, the live show. It's like its own kind of thing, isn't it? Like music's a big part of it, but I, you know, I feel like it's this whole other thing as well. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. You sort of you you're breaking walls down of um, things I hadn't really. I mean, in, in the past, we sort of. We, Julia and I, we always used to do everything ourselves in the mm. same way, but this has sort of expanded into a really um, strong community of artists. And, Big um, time. It's crazy. Like, we'll, we'll on, on any given day, I have 10 pieces of art that will come through. Um, Whoa, that's cool. And we, it's cool. We choose which which to post, and we try and we really try and give back love to to people that obviously the music is um it's doing something for them, and um yeah, it's really nice to see. Man, I think you're great on social media. Uh, obviously, we're talking about like when we both started. It was kind of well, it was definitely before all of that. Yeah. How have you found you know like being an artist and having that being such a big part of kind of what you need to do now? Yeah, you know what? I've never really seen it. I, obviously, there's moments where you're like, it becomes a thing. Yeah. But I've never really seen social media. I like to see it as a scrapbook. You've got all yeah. your, um, you got all these cool things that you want to share and, um, and also you want to promote um, mm. your your stuff because you love what you do. Mm. And then there's, you know, the stuff in between. It's I think it's like if you were to lie down and cut stuff out of magazines and, and glue it into a book, I'd like to imagine that's what my yeah. page is. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes it can, you can go too heavy one way and then you sort of rein it in. You're like, okay, mm. sweet. Well, yeah. but it's a, it's a cool thing. I don't know. I, I think it's. It's something in the past, back in the day, you would have had to hire a bloody billboard yeah. or, you know, get a get a page out in... The street press and stuff. Street press and yeah. all those publications that were difficult and expensive. Now it's, it's um, you've got that at your fingertips and it's, yeah. it's um, you know, like there's always that pro and con in the balance of, um, but I think if you just keep a light mind on it, it's, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. It's it's always cool to watch artists, I think, especially when they're on tour as well. And you get yeah. to kind of, because you kind of, you look at like a European tour, like as a fan in Australia, and you're kind of like, oh, I wonder what that's like. But it's cool to be able to, you know, when the artists take the, you know, you into their world. Yeah, you get a bit of a journal of what we're, yeah. the mad dogs are up to. Hey, the mad dogs are going back overseas too, man. You've got some shows. Where are you, Saudi Arabia? Is- yeah, so next week we are playing um, a little boutique festival in Saudi. Okay. And then after that, we jet off to where are we go. The States, Houston, Houston yeah, first, nice. um, and then we make our way up through Middle America, and and then we hit all the the major cities. Um, we'll be gone for a good month and a half. Yeah, and then after that, um, a few fezzies here and there. Sick in Australia and Europe, and then um, Laneway, which is oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, that just we just got announced, which is cool. It's a um, pretty neat lineup, and yeah, we feel pretty proud to be involved in that. Awesome, man. Well, that brings me to a little game that I want to play with you. It's called yeah. So this is called Memory Lane, right? Okay. <laughs> so what I do is like when artists come in, I've plucked out some random gigs from your past to see what you remember. Okay. Now, it doesn't matter if you don't remember anything. Like that happens before. But yeah, yeah. sometimes you might remember, you know, like the plane trip or the hotel or yeah, something cool. like that, man. So I thought we go back to the big day out back in 2006. Oh. The other actor on the lineup. <laughs> We had Iggy Pop, we had friends. Also, White Stripes were just getting started. Mars Volta 2, the presets. Sleepy Jackson, that's pretty. You or mine? Any memories from the big day out 2006? Wow. 
<laughs> I remember it was so hot. Yes. That, that year was intense. Yeah. Um, and I swear, like, times were different back then. Like, yes. When people, like, chopped it up. Like, <laughs> yeah. They were chopping it up. Like, just the heads in those crowds. Um, yeah. Big, Big Day Out was kind of renowned for that. But also, yeah, it's it, it was it, it was such a – those lineups were just yeah. insane. Jesus Christ. Like, it, you'd be lucky to get, like, on a festival um, grid now, you, you'd get one of those acts – yeah. Um, you know, or two, maybe three. Those ones were just, it was just such a plethora of gold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember Iggy, we were, we were side stage for a bit and then nice. we, um, we wandered around. It was, it was a beautiful day. It's hot as hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, different times. It was, uh, very nostalgic thinking about that. Um, yeah. That was a good day. And I guess it's cool to tell like, uh, people about it because now it's like, it's almost wrapped up in legend, you know, what the yeah. big day out was like and to experience it on stage is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 We, and we played, um, and that was fun. That was like very early days. We were, say, what we, were time? Just, we were just kids. Um, yeah. we were sort of like four o'clock. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, we were grommets. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We literally were just figuring out how it all works on the biggest stage. You know, we went from um, from smaller venues to getting booked on that, and you know, we um, we have WME to thank Brett and all those gang. Um, yeah, we we had a good we had a good support network. Um, it's important. Yeah, Damien Trotter at Sony, and um, you know John O'Donnell. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, cool. All those, they, they were family, you know, they yeah. they really took us under their wing and um, Brett Murray and it, it was, um, it was a, it was a cool family and, and it still is. We, we feel very lucky to, to have that, those legends yeah. among us. How good's that first beer after a set like that? It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, let's fast forward a few years good. later, man. Let's go to Coachella. Gotta testify. Come up in the spot, look at X- Kanye West, Black Keys. Uh, we've got the Strokes in there too. I've never been to Coachella, but it looks like a lot of fun. What was it like actually playing? It was cool. It was really cool. We we um, we just done that record with with Rick Rubin, and we we had a cool cool outfit band wise. Um, we had Chris Daddy Dave on on drums, and nice. It was uh, it was just such a euphoric time. So much was happening, and I was uh, I was in a really beautiful relationship, and everything was just. It was sort of that that sort of that Hollywood dream. Mm. Our time there was um, was really special, you know, being in the hills and making a record with with the Lord, and and then you know playing cool f- festivals um, around the world, which was one with Coachella. I I really like Coachella. Obviously, um, I I really like the um, they they have really cool art on the day, and that year they had a big um, spaceman, and he was huge, and he was sort of just slow motion, like right running around the festival in a big space suit. Oh my god! I love that. That was cool, dude. Talk to me about Rick Rubin. Like, how did that all come together? Like, really yeah. good phone call to get, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. It's um, yeah. I got the call. I got the call from my manager at the time, and and he said this guy. And to be honest, I didn't really know. My music knowledge sometimes is pretty like limited. I'm, me too. I, I don't. I don't really know who's sort of like yeah. in the the grid of you know the the sort of in that world mm. and i didn't i they hit me up and it's like oh this, and my response was oh we produce our own stuff we don't we don't work with producers blah blah blah. And, yeah and he's like oh okay and, <laughs> <laughs> Probably the first time you've ever heard that. and then he called julia and julia's <laughs> like 
okay, I'll give him a call. And she um she called me up and yeah. she's like, Angus, you you gotta understand this guy. And, you know, he produced Beastie Boys and yeah. um the Peppers and Jay Z. Yeah, all the lords. Yeah. Um and I was like, Oh shit, okay, of course. Uh, we're flying over, let's do this. Like yeah. that sounds awesome. Like and I did a bit of research and that was a really cool trip. The the whole Shangri La experience. It's funny, it's funny you brought that up because this morning the, the engineer actually did a bit of a, a memory post of his time making that record with us. Oh, cool. Ryan Hewitt, he he done all he's done all those records, the famous um, ones that Rick yeah. done. He was talking about a certain song. I wrote back in the comment this morning. I was like, I oh, you know, it's your hard work and all your skill is um, is paid off. Congratulations! And then I started talking about the song, which is um, Death Defying Acts. One night we were we we're leaving the studio, driving down the one hundred and one, and I'd bought this nineteen forty nine Mini, no seat belts, um, tiny car <laughs> in America. Anyways, Julia and I were, were fanging along the 101 and um, this driver just pulls out of this restaurant, the Blue Moon restaurant, right on the beach, you know, it's, yeah. and he must have been drunk. And he pulled right in front of us and we were, we were probably going like, I don't know, 110. And I didn't have enough time to brake. The, the car barely had brakes. And I swerved around the back of him and we, we just went into this 1080. And really? It, and props to the car because it held up so well. We were just, it flat spun. spun. Oh and we God. hit the island, bumped over onto the other side of the freeway. And um, we had the whole, all the cars just flying towards us. Car stalled mid-spin. I banged it into into gear and, and we made it out. But no way. it just reminded me of that of that song, Death Defying Axe, and um, that moment. And it was really cool. Oh Obviously, the, the, the moment was pretty sketchy, but... yeah. Um, no, that was a wild time. We really, um, oh my god, a lot of cool experiences there. Yeah, I think you. Uh, they say you learn something from every producer that you work with. What was one thing that you kind of took away being in the studio with Rick? Rick was. It, it was interesting. It's because I think when people think of a producer, they'll sit down and they'll think it'll be really specific in the way that they talk about breaking down the songs and mm. structure and all that. What what Rick was good at, which I sort of over time thought about after he was good at p- planting seeds he'd know what you'd be shooting for and then we'd we'd walk into the control room and he'd be like hey listen to this like and he'd play a song by the bgs or i don't know like yeah 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 just from his wild collection cool taste and he'd sort of be targeting certain things um whether it be the drums and, and then he'd be talking to that um, player in the room and being like, you know, I really think we could, you know, sort of like pick up yeah. on this, and and then we go back in and do a take. I think that side of that side of his producing was really clever. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, that's what I picked up. From yeah, that. it's a subtleties, isn't it? Mm. Um, let's go to 2015. You play with this band. One only Fleetwood Mac around Australia down the green. Uh, Stonefield were on that too. What was that like? You played with some big bands before, but what's it like kind of going on a big tour with them, especially like back home in Australia? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, those guys are absolute legends. The, the, yeah. the their whole story and um, what they've created and all the hard work they've put in—it's um, such a beautiful thing. It's cool when we arrive. You never know, like, sort of whether you're gonna like whether you're gonna meet the people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or blah blah blah. And, and we're sort of sitting there. We come in, do sound check, and 
But he saw this like real tall lurching guy <laughs> and he was kind of just hanging out on one yeah. of the road cases and he was sitting back there and, and he was watching the whole sound check and, and it was Mick. It was Mick Fleetwood and cool. we, we walked out after and he's like, hey guys, that's so cool. It's so nice to, you know, have you here. Thank you for being here. Nice. And it's really cool. I think, and it is easy to forget, like sometimes when you because you're such in the zone, like I think about some of the support acts, like sometimes you just don't have time and you're thinking about you're constantly like on this burn just to yeah. get shit done. Of course. And it's hard work. And it's, it's really nice those moments because you forget, you forget that maybe um, that could be a moment for someone. Yeah. It's a nice little reality check. Yeah. Because I guess when like, you're, you're coming up as well, you really remember those moments, mm. don't you? When you're doing like your first big kind of, what was like your first big gig where you're like, oh man, we've made it. Oh. Man, I, I I feel that every shot. Yeah, cool. Like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, for I guess, um, you know, that was definitely one of them. The Fleetwood Mac tour, the um, crowded house, you know. Yeah. Um, jumping up with Post Malone recently. Yeah, yeah dude, I'm going to a bit of audio here. <laughs> Oh, that was so cool when that happened because I saw him listening to that on the Instagram. And that kind of went viral, didn't it? He was just like playing. What was he playing? Like, I don't know, some drinking game with a few other people and he's there singing it to people. How did that kind of all happen? What's the story there? Yeah, I think he was, um, they were playing beer pong. And I think, I can't remember the rappers, there's like little, little swat. Yeah. I, I won't try because I'll fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. But he was with all his, his like mega cool dudes and, um, and someone sent me the video and they said, this is popping off. You should do a, um, you should do a response to it on TikTok. And I was like, okay, cool. And did it. And it went, went sort of viral. Mm. Um, then, um we got a call we were in we were in montreal at the time and i got a call saying posty wants to hang out Sick. can you make it to texas like tonight or fucking <laughs> it was yesterday you know that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah. i grabbed a, a couple of the band and we um we jumped on a plane and we shot out to this mega stadium and it was cool we all like we we hung out we had beers played beer pong and nice. posty Posty sort of, he kind of, we just like, we pretty much just had the ox card and we oh, were, cool. were playing song for song, um, nice. sharing our new stuff and, and just, you know, drinking tequila and having beers and yeah, yeah. Um, just going till the morning. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was early in the morning and his guy came and he's like, we're got to go to bounce we've got to get to the next show and we walked him out to the bus and um it was really surreal and then uh he was in australia um recently and i hit him up on a text and just said hey do you want to do something like let's let's yeah. have a crack and yeah, yeah. um i sent him a video so i'd learnt one of his songs and um so i saw that he gets people up for that nice so i learnt one of the songs and i sent him a vid and he was like you're a god let's fucking do this Sick. i got to the venue marvel stadium and um in here in Melbourne. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And um, and he was like, let's, we're doing one of your songs, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. two songs. I can't, we can't do two songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you said, that's crazy. He was like, nah, fucking doing it. And it's cool. Dave Chappelle and stuff were there. And it was, it was, a, it was a, yeah, it was a cool night. Like that was um one of those moments where you're meeting all these rad people. And Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah, that is a pinch yourself moment. Uh, dude, I know you got to go. you got to go to Soundcheck. But just, just quickly, we were talking a little bit before off air. There's a potential new studio coming that you're involved with. This sounds pretty special. Mm, that's right. Um, so, yeah, we kind of 
this new record we made in Sugarcane Mountain Studios. It's um it's this big, beautiful nineteen seventies mansion. Um, time capsule. You know, you walk in and um, the carpets to the wallpaper to yeah to the big brown bear in mm. the lobby. The taxi dome. Yeah, it's got its own runway. The idea is that we want to fly people in, fly bands in. Mm. and um, for it to become a bit of a, yeah. an institution yeah. for, for people that want to make that special record. So, yeah, Sugarcane Mountain, uh, we're going to be opening it up commercially next year. So. Oh, congratulations, man. I think there's something really special about – you know, recording and everyone being in the one place and staying in the same place and being around each other rather than people coming and going. Like, you kind of lose that spark, I feel. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, like you want to you want to compound where you can feel safe and get to know each other, work through the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah know, exactly. that you haven't had time as a band yeah. to, to deal with and, um, and write some songs and just crack it open, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Hey, one more game. I've just got some stuff lined up here. This is called... On Triple M's Homegrown with Matteo, it's time for... Uh-oh, it's my party or dinner. The lovely Jules on vocals out there. This is called our Right Party Dinner. So we've got like this randomizer thing. I'm going to give you three bands. You can write a song with one, party with the next. Third, you take home to dinner with the family. So pick completely at random. Your acts are... You got the boss, second act. The world I love, the tears I've dropped to be part of the wave. Chili Peppers and the third one. Led Zeppelin, right party dinner with the boss, Chili Peppers, Led Zeppelin. You got it in, in the right order. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so right with the boss, yeah, right party with the Chili Peppers, with Led Zeppelin back home for dinner. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, Angus, man, it's been such a pleasure. I've been wanting to get on the show for so long. Congrats on the new album, on the tours and everything. Uh, Glad you're healthy and you're well. Looking forward to this new studio, man, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks, man. That was a really cool interview. Yeah, man. For all the latest rock news, interviews and backstage experiences, don't forget to subscribe to Triple M Rock on the Listener app.